wheat volatility is riding high. And the cattle price won't slide. We wonder what's going to happen next. Smart money's buying sheep. Your advice comes pretty cheap. Why don't you ask what we can do? Just the two of us. Making podcasts on the fly. Just, Just the, the two, two of us. us. Just, Just the two of us. us. You and I. I. Welcome back to another Ag Watchers. Just myself, Andrew Whitelaw and Matt Dugleish on today. Talk about the big data in the marketplace. Mm. It's been a big week busy. for data. It's been, it's been a busy one for well, all the ABS stuff coming out late last week, but had the chance to look at it this week. So showing that the herd rebuild still pretty strong and the flock rebuilds, you know, as strong as it's been on record, really, still down around that 9.1% sheep turnoff ratio. So that's saying that we're going to see a pretty decent increase to the flock, which is what we're seeing. Um, then we had the feedlot data out as well, you know, slightly less on feed, cattle on feed, but still the third highest, I think, on record. So it's still right, right we'll, up there. We'll go on to that in a bit. We'll talk about the mm. data. Mm. We've, we've been out and about a lot the last couple of weeks as well. Mm. Doing a lot of presentations. It looks like people are wanting to have... Uh, you know, find out what's going on, but also to do it in person. It's been, we've been all over the place. It's been busy. Yeah, I was in Dubo, as they mm-hmm. call it, as, as the French call it, Dubo, mm-hmm. New South Wales. Yeah. Uh, our, our mate from a few podcasts ago, Dougal Saunders, MP, Minister mm-hmm. for Ag, invited us to uh, speak about biosecurity, or, or not speak, to host a panel. Yeah, that, that was interesting. First time we've done a panel host, right? Yeah, we've been on loads of panels, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, first time hosting one so maybe mm. maybe the abc will do a call up one day <laughs> and say it's, it's time it's yeah. time for an ag watchers after dark tv show yeah we keep talking to warwick long about trying to put a word in but maybe we need to go higher, we go higher, go higher up. Uh, or maybe we just need to go to sky news get rid of that rowan dean and all those other ones <laughs> uh, but that's good fun but it was interesting because you know there's a lot of talk about um uh, you know, how there was too much scaremongering of this FMD. And I think there was. There's no denying that mm. FMD over the last two months. But the reality is that is what's caused all the change, in my view. All the all the tinkering in the background about... Uh, oh, you mean in terms of EID and stuff? And, well, EID and, and biosecurity reform and biosecurity commissions and all sorts of stuff was really driven by the fact that everyone was so bloody goddamn scared. And part of that is because of the media, which is fine. Mm. So that's stories. Most of that came from oh, uh, unprof- unprofessional. Bloody hell. Bloody bloody Greg ahead. Um, but the, the reality is, though, we are uh, – a lot of that stuff, nothing happens unless there's a crisis. That's just human mm. nature. And mm. all, the, all the work in the background is good. It sets up a, a, a sort of a, a floor, and it sets up the, the technology and whatever to do it. But you actually need a crisis to make people actually – set up and speak. So there's a big announcement there, $63 million of money to go into a whole bunch of stuff, including new mRNA vaccines. And we might get somebody on to talk about that next week. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was, a, it was an interesting conference. A lot of vets, a lot of all sorts of people all talking about biosecurity for uh, livestock and bees. And well, even just even just basics of, uh, you know, anyone on farm reassessing, having another look at their own biosecurity plan and just making sure is it up to scratch? You know, are we doing everything we can, even on our own turf, to to make sure we're we're keeping stuff out? Exactly. So the data in livestock, female slaughter ratio, mm-hmm. herds rebuilding. 
Yeah, it still is. I mean, we saw a bit of an increase uh, in the female slaughter ratio, but the, it was very low. Quarter quarter one was like 40.8%, which is pretty low considering that 47% is the threshold. And we're up to about, I think it was 43.4 for the March, uh, for the June quarter. So that takes the annual to 42.7. So kind of similar levels that we saw back in 2010-11 when we saw the herd rebuild, I think two years in a row around kind of, you know, that, four four five percent level so it's on track you know what mla are now forecasted herd rebuild that's that's kind of what the fsr is indicating is is uh the case um the sheep the sheep side is uh, still showing a bit of a stronger and quicker rebuild for the sheep flock but um that's closer to like a nearly an eight percent um rebuild is what mla are forecasting 7.7 percent but um the numbers on the sheep one the sheep turnoff ratio is down at 9.1 percent which is the lowest that's been since I think the the early not early nineties, um, and I think that's as far as our data goes back. So it may be the lowest on record. Um, we just haven't got any more data pre that. Um, the, lowest, which, which, the lowest on our records. It is, and so that means that it's you know it's exceeding the level of rebuild for the flock we saw back in twenty ten eleven, and so it's pointing to a really quick and strong rebuild for the sheep flock, which is um, what we're seeing as well in terms of those numbers. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, but it is going to mean, I think one of the things you had, you said you had Patrick Hutchison there at the um, event in Dubbo and Patrick Hutchison had been he, saying... He, he was on the panel with us. Mm, he's been saying for a while that very concerned about when we when we do start to see production increasing for the beef side and sheep side because of the increase to the herd and the flock, like the current problems we've been seeing with processing numbers and, and volumes, is we are putting through low numbers, right, historically. And part of that is obviously we're rebuilding, but but also part of it is the, like the poor capacity in the in the processing sector for workers. So you do wonder if we start to build the flock and herd back up in the next few years, and we and we get bigger bigger kind of turn off each year, higher numbers going through. How are the processes going to cope if they're still not got their staffing right? You know. Yeah, but that's that's going to be an issue for everyone, and that's something we should talk about more often is labour. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's, for it's sure. right across the supply chain. Mm. And uh, I'm writing a piece on that just now for The Guardian, so mm. we should probably wait, give them exclusivity. Mm. Sounds good. Um, feedlot, Carol and Feed as well, did you talk about that? Oh, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, the, the, so the quarterly numbers for that came out. So it's, it's down, the, in terms of number of head in the feedlot, it's down by 6%, but that's off a, a record high. So it's just under 1.2 million now, 1.195 something um, on feed uh, and you know, kind of marketing. So turnoff was lower as well. That was down about 10% from the previous quarter. Um, so what it means actually, because I think the last time we spoke about cattle on feed, we saw a record kind of increase to um, to the number of head on feed and also um, for, that first, for that first quarter of the season in 2022, we saw some big volumes coming through in terms of turnoff and not as big slaughter volumes. So it meant that the ratio of grain-fed to grass-fed turnoff was went up to like 55%, which is the highest that's been um, historically, that we were turning off more grain-fed animals than grass-finished animals. Um, but that's dropped back now to 50%. So we're pretty much half and half at the moment, Australia, in terms of our cattle turnoff this year. Um, half of the cattle turned off are being grain-finished and half being grass-finished. Um, which is, you know, it's quite not, not insignificant if you think if you go back a decade or so ago where the grain fed was only turning off 
of our of our kind of total turnoff. So continuing to grow that grain food sector, um, but you know, it's coming off a big, big high from from fifty five percent last quarter. Mm, but I wonder if because it doesn't seem to have been affected massively by the grain price. No, it hasn't. No, I mean, yeah, and when, that, you, when, that, when you think like the last couple of years, we've had some pretty high, well, really at a flat price level. We've had really high grain prices here for the last two years. And in the past two years previous to that, we had just astronomical basis levels. Mm. So we really had five years of high grain prices in that sort of northern New South Wales, southern Queensland area. Mm. We've seen cattle prices going up though as well. If you look so at heavy, yeah, heavy steer prices, you know, <laughs> it's back up at 400, nearly 470 cents a kilo live weight for heavy steers. Um, so that's recovered. But, you know, we've, with those levels of turnoff, you, you probably got to think there is, it's probably still tight margins, but for some of those longer longer fed trades um there's probably still some money there for them um, even with the high grain prices and i mean you've seen as well in the intensive sector like you know chickens and eggs and pigs they've still managed to make pretty good margin i think despite mm. the high the high input costs you know what's what's the ecu doing uh it's rebounded so it's up uh, uh i guess since the since that discussion we had i think when when there's when the, in the midst of the sell-off we kind of said it was felt a bit overdone. I think that week it started to turn. Um, so it's back up. I think it's 10, nearly yeah, 1070 or something like that as, from memory as of yesterday. So it's a decent recovery, like over a, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of rebounded. Not all of those losses, but a good proportion of them. Hmm. The new norm. What, volatility? <laughs> no, price is above 1,000. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. For, for, for the Eki. Uh, look. I mean, you got to look as well at how much rain's been falling. It's been pretty. It's damp where we are, like, and I think that's extended through into New South Wales. So, as we start to focus in towards spring, we're going to see with all that moisture around, particularly on the eastern seaboard, we are going to see a lot of grass growth in spring. I think, um, and so that you know, that's going to get people thinking again about what they can put on that pasture to to get munching away at the grass. So. Um, you know, it's probably unsurprising to see it recover once once um, people realise that if the FMD sell-off was a little bit overdone. Overdone, overdone. Mm. You know, that is the one, <clears throat> the one set of words in, in markets I hate. Overdone? No, new norm. Ah, right, okay. This is a new, new. Mm. Like, how many times do we hear that? All the time. It's just stupid. And how many times has it actually become the new norm i reckon um, i reckon i would love to do a chart of when people say it's a new norm and how long after that the market the it goes back crashes. to norm, goes back to the old norm yeah <laughs> reverses um, to mean yeah so so canola we'll move on to grains mm-hmm. canola or rapeseed for our yep. Euro- european listeners mm-hmm. um it's sort of it's it's come and done the last couple of weeks and it's really quite interesting because you sort of look at markets, yeah? And I think markets are fairly simple, really. Mm. You know, they're not that complicated. You know, if prices get too high, then they fall. Mm. Prices get too low, then they rise eventually. And that's what we're seeing. If we look at, you know, canola, about two weeks ago, you know, you're talking or three weeks ago, $830 a tonne on average. For Konana, Western Australia, mm-hmm. now it's down to 766 for the weekly average. That's a fairly hefty fall. Mm. Obviously, it's high numbers anyway. It's expensive. 
but you look around the world, you look at Canada, uh, another crop that is, you know, not huge, but big, like it's mm. top five crop for, for canola. Then you look at Europe, largest rapeseed crop since 2017. But I think the key thing is the area. You start to look at, you know, all seed prices at seeding were really high. So what does everyone do? Puts all seeds in. Puts all seeds in. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and so the all seed acreage is the highest since at least 2010, probably before then. Mm. And so you look at the combined sun, soy, and rapeseed, big numbers. They've got good yields, seemingly. I won't hold my breath that those yields will hold up with the current weather. Mm. But high prices, cure for high prices. Mm. What you know, uh, has the... Has the fall in Australia, like in percentage terms, has the fall in Australia been mirrored by the global movement down? Or uh, is it a bit like the grain market they're, where... They're in thereabouts, I'd say. You know, like yeah. if, you look, if you look at the pattern, the trend is pretty much the same. We've had a pretty substantial fall in Matif and Ice Futures. Uh, this week they've actually improved a bit, whereas our prices have, have fallen uh, you know, reasonably considerably. Uh, Probably the biggest thing has been the West Coast mm. and that they had stayed strong for quite some time and it's only recently that's actually come under really sharp falls. And so we're now starting to see our basis level creep back down again. Same mm. with wheat, actually it's the same with wheat as well. We're seeing our basis levels for wheat and canola for new crop. Whilst they were okay a couple of weeks ago, they're all starting to slide back down again. And I think that's probably just a sign that we've got another decent size crop, touch wood, fingers crossed. Mm. On, a, on, a, on a country basis, on a national basis, and we're going to be discounted. And that's something we've got to be used to. Mm. And uh, and looking, at one of the things that we've we heard early on in the year, and I got told off, you know, oh, you can't talk about low basis because we can't get the grain out and blah blah blah. It's logistics. Mm. When you look at the actual numbers of grain exports, we're on track for a record export program. You know, we've sort of been, you know, we're up to sort of. As the end of June, we're close to 28.5 million or something tons of all grains. So barley, wheat, sorghum, canola, the main ones. Mm. Mm. And so, so would, it, would, it be fa- would it be fair to say like there was some logistical issues? But oh, there, there are. There's, there's no denying there's logistical issues. But it wasn't like, just that. Like, I mean, because you got to think too, the, the rally in those global prices was a lot based around what was happening with Ukraine and Russia and uncertainty and speculation and so if you're trading it from an australian perspective yeah you, 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 you can't you, you've got to get out yeah and you can't just go and pay the globe if, if you think that the spike might be short-lived and you're not you're not sure because it's all based on what vladimir putin's got in his mind right and what he's doing yeah. you know like had he had he have pulled back out and just went back home licked his wounds after the realized he wasn't going to get a quick quick victory then the price would have been very very quickly back down again right yeah absolutely but it has stayed we had we've had low basis since before then we had low basis since about june last year in reality yeah Yeah, leading into the big harvest and then and so what we've what we've effectively seen is if you can get grain and you don't have sales on the books you can get quote-unquote elevation margins Mm. uh, and and that's huge And, and look and interestingly enough uh we were told, you know, some people were telling us, oh, the elevation margins aren't that great, blah, blah, blah. And in the last couple of weeks, you know, some of the pool providers have been out there saying, well, the elevation margins are strong. Mm. And that's where, it, you know, it's interesting. And most 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 grains analysts or, or consultants, well, we're not grains consultants, I guess, mm. 
you know, are against pools. I got no issue with pools. Mm. I, th- I think pools are part of the tool bag of 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 tools that farmers can use and the the market can use to sort of trade grain. And the reality is that they work some years and they don't work other years. And this year is probably a prime example of when a pool can work if the pool manager is managing it and has access to elevation. So I think a few of them uh, are, are able to do that. And, and the benefit of that for the grower is that, well, those elevation margins should be flowing through to the, um, the grower because mm. it's a managed pool. And look, that's not going to work every year. But you can't discount a product because it doesn't work every year. There's no product mm. works every year. So we have to be looking at swaps, straight futures, options, pools, you know, the monkey trader with the dartboard. Mm-hmm. We've got to look at that one. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what we're sort of seeing is, is it's a different marketplace this year. And I think as we go into next year, we've got the potential for another year of, of low values relative to the rest of the world. Mm. But, but potentially... The difference is this year is will we still get the, the sort of the strong premiums due to the Ukraine rally that we saw last year, this more early this year. Mm. So looking at it, it's it's going to be a record export year, and uh, chances are the crop's going to be a reasonably big one again with some decent carryout. Because when we were driving to South Australia, pretty anecdotal, mm. a, lot, a lot of full bunkers. Yeah, it was was a lot there, wasn't it? And that's you know we're coming into like you said a big harvest again. So, but I think the the key thing that we've got to look at as as a country, and there's been a lot of discussions. We've been into a lot of events and conferences where logistics has been mentioned a lot in grains. Mm. The challenge isn't export capacity. We got more than enough export capacity uh, at port. It's actually getting mm. the, the, getting it to port, isn't it? Getting it to port is the hardest bit. Mm. And it's hard to think of who's going to actually put that money there. Mm. You know, on the East Coast, you've got, you know, more and more domestic demand. So, and, and you've got this expectation of, of rougher climate coming in the future. Mm. Mm. Bear in mind, three fantastic years in a row is not. It's pretty, un, pretty uncommon, isn't it? <laughs> and it's not the new norm. Yeah, I tell yeah, you that, I tell yeah, you that for nothing. Yeah. Put, put your money yeah. away, you'll get that for nothing. Mm. And... Um, and, and would you put, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars into export infrastructure, you know, up country, rail infrastructure, whatever else, if, you know, potentially in, you know, 2024, lot, 2025, we're looking at drought, or or the domestic market continues to increase and well, well, the export flows are not as important. Mm. West, West Australia is a different matter. It's always going to be export dominated, but they've got a co-op that reinvests, grows, you know, reinvest for the growers. So it's slightly different. Mm. Mm. But but looking at the prices, we've just seen a bit of a, a bit of a slide across the board, really, in the last uh, in the last couple of weeks across canola and wheat uh, locally, and we've just saw our basis levels start to diminish uh, yet again. Mm. So yeah. and I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. And I've, I think I've said this in articles for months that whilst basis is good just now. I expect as the crop grows, we'll uh, we'll see that basis level diminish, and and we are seeing that. So, I guess mm-hmm. I'm right for at least this week. There you go. And did you um, when you're at the Dubbo Zoo with uh, Dubbo? Yeah, Dubbo Zoo. Did you go and have a chance to look at any animals? Get around. Uh, I think there was. I was the only animal there. 
You didn't go into the reptile would, enclosure to see your favourite Australian animal, your snake. No, I, was, I was the only, I was the only gorilla there. Um, but no, I could see in the distance. I could see the uh, lemurs and, and some little monkeys. Yeah, and, and uh, it just reminded me of you, Matt. Mind me, mind me, mind Think me more, of the, more, more the silverback gorillas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so right, yeah. well, there you go. So a long week again. Mm. Buddy. Yeah, we're on the road again this week coming. So if you see us out and about, don't be scared to come and have a chat to us. Yep, yep. We're at GPSA forum on Tuesday, Brisbane API forum on Friday. Yep, that's it. There you go. Easy. All right. All right. Sounds good, mate. I'll see you when you got nothing on. Catching a bit. Bye. <laughs>